Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. We love you. What a joy to celebrate this uh, wonderful day. I was looking at all these folks on the stage thinking 36 years ago, that was about half of our church, what was up here. <laughs> we actually had 37 people the first Sunday, and, uh, but uh, it's such a joy today to stand here and witness uh, the goodness of God. God is good all the time, and all the time, He is good and wonderful. I uh, am grateful for these 36 years. Uh, that my wife has stood with me, beside me, been my prayer warrior, my support. I couldn't do it without her. I said last week in the message that uh, in the sovereignty and goodness of God, the Lord's going to let her uh, uh, outlive me by one day. I'm going to get it right this time. One day. So she can come as soon as I'm in the grave. And... uh, but uh, I don't want her going first because uh, it'd be an empty house. But uh, it's a joy to stand here today with her. And uh, so would you give my beautiful wife a warm thank you. Thank you. On my way here this morning, I started singing that song, The Goodness of God. And his mercy, it never leaves me. And his mercy never ends. And I was thinking, Lord, you have been so good to us. You have been so faithful. And recently I was reading in the Old Testament where God said, my people need to know that I am the God of the hills and the valleys. And I thought, Lord, I believe we have learned that as a people, that you are not only the God of the mountaintop, but you're a God of the valley. And I love that as we go on the mountaintop, we can go together. As we go in the valley, we can go together. And together, just like we sang today, we witness the goodness of God. But I'm so thankful for God's faithfulness. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of my family. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of my husband. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of all of you. And I wanna thank you yeah. for your faithfulness, for your, you choosing to be planted into the house of the Lord. Because if we stay planted where God has meant for us to be planted, we eventually bear the fruit he means for us to bear. Amen. Amen. So I love you so much. I'm so thankful. Um, I was just thinking that song that said, I just can't be quiet in the house of the Lord. So would you do something with me? Would you shout with me? When I say one, two, three, let's give a shout together in the house of the Lord. One, two, three. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We, we you, love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing us to be your shepherds. Love you so much. Don't go off. This morning I wrote uh, my family a text. I just was sitting at the table thinking of God's goodness in our lives and all of you. Um, 
but I had to bring it way back to home. And uh, I don't remember that I ever asked the Lord not to allow my sons to marry foreign girls from somewhere else, <laughs> that the girls were going to take my boys off and we were going to just, you know, see them from a distance. I don't remember ever asking the Lord that. I'm not certain. I'm not certain. But the bottom line is they're all three here uh, and married young ladies out of this church family. And today we have, as you know, 10 beautiful grandchildren. And uh, so I want to just take a moment and honor my children. So would y'all stand, please, Nathan, Steph, Andrew, Jess, all the grandkids, all Man, our family is everything to us, and uh, the fact that we get to worship together here in the front and uh, see our grandkids and go visit them at the Rock School or wherever they're being taught, some at home, uh, it's just, um, I have no words to describe the gratitude that I have. Uh, for God's faithfulness towards them. So thank you guys. God bless you. Amen. Can I have one more thing? Yeah, turn it on. Um, I would like, it's okay if I do this? I didn't tell him I was going to do this. I would like all of our staff and our pastors to stand, please, because, and their spouses, because they have been the most tremendous blessing to us. We were just talking about how the last four years have been the most challenging years of our lives. And these people have risen up and met the challenge with us. And I was just thinking that there's nobody I'd rather do it with than you guys. I'm serious about that. In fact, yesterday I ran across a poster that we had made long, long time ago. We're in camo. And we titled the series, Don't Duck Your Destiny. Do you remember Duck Dynasty and all that stuff? Okay. And I pulled it up and it made me smile so big that God definitely is our sovereign Lord. And he brought us together. He destined that we be together. And I couldn't be more proud and more grateful for these precious, precious people that I get to walk together with. I love you Give all Give the Lord so a much. hand for these guys one more time. Thank you, Pastor Hector. All right, I'm going to have a little fun for a minute before I get in the Word. I want to uh, just look back for a moment. Uh, 1987, uh, we, that's a long time ago, isn't it? Wow, that's like ancient. Uh, half the people in this room weren't even born in 1987, but uh, I want to recognize those that were here uh, the very first Sunday. Uh, there's a few of us, and uh, uh, the fruit of the few of us are a lot of kids, but uh, just those that were actually in the building, um, I would like to, for you to stand. So Suzanne, Savin, uh, Tad and Missy, and uh, JR, were you here the first service? Third service. Well, you don't count then. I love you, man. You're going to be in the next group. All right. Thank you, guys. Give it up for these guys. They're, uh, that's been a long time walking with us. 
And uh, for those that came the second Sunday all the way to the fifth year, which is when we moved into our new building, uh, South, new building, South Campus was our new building in uh, August of 1992. So if you were here the first five years, would you stand? First five years. Look at this. Wow. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Wow. Stay standing. Don't sit down. All right. This is going to be the big group. So from the fifth year when we had our fifth anniversary in the new building uh, until we moved into this building, uh, which was three years ago, July. So from 1992 to 2020, would you stand if you're come into the house since then, which is going to be a large majority of you. All right. Wow. So I'd say about three quarters. All right. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, if you came into the Rock of Gainesville since we moved into this building July the 8th, I think, uh, 2020, uh, would you stand with me right now? All those that have been... Wow, look at this. Wow. Stay standing. I got something. No, no, no. Don't be seated yet. I, I just have one question for y'all. What took you so long? Okay, we were here waiting for you. So anyhow, come on, the rest of you, give it up for these the last three years. Amen. Thank you. All right, I want to just share... Uh, I don't know if this is a message I'm preaching or if I'm teaching or if I'm exhorting, but uh, I don't even have a title except our 36th anniversary. But I want to take a couple of minutes and look at three things. I want to look at the past, remember the past. Scripture tells us so much, um, exhorts us so much about remembering what the Lord has done for us. Matter of fact, there's one more group. I forgot. I got to do this group. If you're the child of someone born in this house, I want you to stand. All the children that were born in this house, not actually in the house, at a hospital here in Gainesville. You know what I'm talking about. Hold your kids up. There you go. If the kids, wow, look at all this. Come on, somebody. Woo! Wow. That's a bunch of... Little ones, thank you guys. You can be seated. About half of them spit up on me while I was dedicating them, and I loved them anyhow. It was sweet spit. And uh, so that's, uh, that's the fruit that remains. In a few minutes, uh, when I finish up up here, I asked Pastor Jamie to have uh, the TR student uh, youth band I, I don't know if that's their name, but I just named them that, the TR Student Youth Band uh, and Worship Team. They're going to come up, uh, not to perform in front of us, they're going to come up and lead us in one last song of worship at the end, and they are anointed musicians already. It's amazing. Some of them I just want to slap. They're so amazing. I mean, slap in a good kind of way. You know what I'm talking about, low slap, high slap, but uh, I watched them practice, and I exhorted and encouraged them to uh, not 
feel the pressure of having to perform in front of all you amazing people, but simply to lead us in worship because we're worshipers, right? So we don't have to intimidate them. They don't have to, I don't think they have to wait 10 years to be able to grow in this. I think the Holy Spirit is well able to just pour out that fresh anointing on them. So uh, they have worked uh, hard over the summer and we had a wonderful Wednesday night service a few weeks ago where they did the whole service and they had monologues and, and dance and worship and uh, it, it was wonderful. I'm sorry if you were not able to be here that night because it really was a special thing because this is uh, our generation of young people that are being raised up. This isn't down the road somewhere. This is today. These kids are either getting it with God or they're getting it with the world. And if they're getting it with God, there is uh, a significant uh, impact that they're going to make on the world that they live in. And that's why we invited all of our youth, all of our children to be in this service this morning. So Psalm 105, beginning with verse 1, I want to read a couple of verses just as a reminder to us to remember the past. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray fresh anointing as I speak, Father, that uh, even the scriptures that you placed in my heart, Father, will be life to us. We won't say, oh, I know that verse or I've heard that verse a hundred times, but we will hear it with fresh ears, with a fresh desire uh, to do the things that we need to do, to carry on the legacy uh, that we have been called and anointed and appointed for such a time as this to walk out. So I give you all thanks for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said Big amen. Psalm 105, verse 1, five verses here. Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him, sing praises to him, and tell of all his wondrous works. Now, if I was Pastor Jamie, I'd probably just kick off in a song right now, just lead y'all. I leaned over to Wyatt during one of those first songs, and I said, Baba used to lead that song. That's how old that song is because I haven't led worship here for 35 years. Thank you, Jesus. I lead worship on the front row by being a worshiper. But I am thankful for the gifts of God. Amen? And I remember them. I remember the past when God added those in our house that uh, would rise up and go where we couldn't take them. So Thank you, Pastor Jamie and all the worship team, all the worship leaders, all the worship bands, all the I think one more time we ought to give it up for everybody that is up on this stage giving their life, their energy, their time. I was talking with one of the dads the other day, and, and he said his daughter will be up here on the stage. She was actually on the stage earlier, and uh, he said Tuesday night about 9.30, looking around his house, he said, where's my daughter? What in the world is she doing out this late at night? Where is she? And his wife said, she's at worship practice. Come on, somebody. She's not out at the bar. She's not downtown. She's not out there solicitating. Come on, somebody. That we ought to give thanks for. Amen. Verse 3, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Listen to this. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. His miracles and the judgments he uttered. That's what we're supposed to do. Remember the past. Not forget what God has done. The word 
of God is so clear and so full of scriptures that have to do with remembering where we came from, what Father God has saved us from and out of. How many of you were saved out of something you're glad that you were saved out of? And a reminder to speak of them often as well as teaching them to our children's children. Let me just do a little teaching here for a moment, parents. Don't act around your kids like you were perfect when you were their age. Be honest with them. Tell them the truth. Tell them the mistakes you made. Tell them the failures that you're not proud of. That way, the enemy has nothing to hold over you. He cannot blackmail you if you've already revealed the truth. Mom, and, mom did this or dad did this, and, and we regret it. I'm sorry that I did it. I was foolish. I was, I was unwise. I, I was deceived. I believed a lie. But God has something better for you. And then teach them the better that God has for them. Teach them godly, holy, righteous purity so that our children, when, when they begin to get to that age where they start thinking about marriage, they do it righteously. Right. How many of you don't want them to do it the way you did it? Come on, see, half of y'all, I'm going to have an altar call right now. Bunch of liars. You know you don't want your kids doing what you were doing. And they don't have to. God's got something better. But listen, it doesn't have to be law. That's what you want to teach your kids. That it's not law. It's not law to treat your sister like a sister and your brother like a brother. Therefore, you dress appropriately. Ooh, don't even get me to preaching this morning, Jamie. We got to remember the past. If not, we're going to continue to repeat it with failures. We want our kids, man, to experience the glorious, righteous purity that they have been graced to walk in. All of y'all been graced. You've been graced. If you're 25 and under, stand up to your feet, please. 25 years and under, stand up. Wow. 25. Y'all can't see all the little ones that are there. Stay standing. Don't sit. Stay standing. Now, if you're 25 and married, go ahead and be seated. Because this word's not for you. You're 25 and married. You're not married, stay standing. There you go. You got it. Some of them are like, I didn't say if you want to be married, be seated. I said if you're married. Okay, listen to me. Those of you that are standing here, you are the creation of Father God. You are beautiful. You are amazing. You are important. You are anointed for this generation that you're living in. And you have every right to live right so that God's blessing, hear me, will knock you down from behind. So, man, what happened? I got knocked down. Couldn't get up. By what? The goodness of God. Because he's created you for such a time as this. Hear me, parents, adults. Don't feel sorry for these kids. Oh, these poor kids, they got it so rough. That's a lie from hell. Yes, there is an attack against them. But the attack against you and me was the same, and we had to either resist or give in. 
And many of us gave in. And I'm saying to this generation that's standing, you don't have to give in. You have a right to be righteous. And in that righteousness, there'll come a time one day when God will answer your prayers and give you the prayer in the, of your heart. If you want to be married, he's going to give you that husband or that wife. And, and you're going to get, hear me, oh, I love this. And you're going to get married without regret. The other day on Epic Times, a news article that I read from almost every day, there was an article. Y'all stay standing just because I just like you. You're beautiful. I'm looking at a generation of overcomers. I'm looking at a generation of believers, achievers that can walk it out. But I read the other day an article from Epic Times about this couple and many people were making fun and mocking them, but their story was when they met, the young man said to the young lady on their first date, we're going to walk this out and see where God takes us, but we're going to keep the physical completely out of our relationship. So we're going to deal with the spiritual, the emotional, the mental. They didn't even hold hands. That was their commitment. And then I read that they met at Christ for the Nations Bible Institute where I went to school. Come on, somebody. I knew that was a good school. And they met, and they courted for a year. And 90% of their time together was with other couples or other people. They stayed away from parked cars at night in each other's apartments. And in doing so, a year later, when he got on a knee and Asked her to be his wife. She said yes three months later. Come on, somebody. Three months is all you need. When you, know, when you know what to do, it's a sin not to do it. So once you made that commitment, come on. Some of you are old enough. You're already thinking about it. I'm giving you some words of wisdom. Once you know, you know, then you need to walk it out. And some of the moms and dads are like, yeah, you better slow down there a little bit, Pastor. We'll have a word in that. Well, you can have a word, but God's going to have the last one. Anyhow, <laughs> this couple, three months later, got married and had their very first kiss at the altar in front of their family and their friends. Come on, somebody. Some people say, wow, that's weird. What if he's not a good kisser? You got the rest of your life to train him. You got, you got your whole life. Let's see what good teacher you are. You get to work it out. And you know what he said? Both of them said, because she said, well, I, you know, she had been involved before in a couple of relationships. He had never, ever dated before he met her. He just waiting and praying. And the Lord brought her, and then he made a decision. And when he did, she agreed to it. Reluctantly, but agreed. A year and three months later, when they were married, the regret went out the door. And she was thankful for what they had experienced. Even though, listen to me, because it's hit the news realm out there, and man, people are just ripping them to shreds. Come on, somebody. Believers ought to be ripped to shreds because we're walking out righteously what God has, and we're not worried about what the world has to say. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. God bless you. As we look back over the last 36 years since we first began this house or church or family, 
Uh, we see God's faithfulness through it all, and especially in the faces of so many of you who we have walked this journey with since the Father added you to mine and Suzanne's life. And I'm glad that she took the time to recognize our team around us because we could not do what we've been called to do without these folks that uh, surround us, hold up our arms, especially these last four years in this battle that I've been walking through, this journey that I've been going through. Uh, the team has just had to rise up, and they, they just, you know, there was a time when it was just me. I was it. I was the only one on staff, and I did it all. I cleaned toilets. I picked up trash. I straightened chairs, and God began to add people to us. I never complained about it. The Lord says, be careful not to despise the day, come on somebody, of small beginnings. Some of y'all were small beginnings. I love Kylas's testimony, and he talked about uh, his mom and dad, Pastor Jamie and Gina, and, and they came into this house. They were at the age he is now, and uh, they came in as a couple, younger. Oh, yeah, you were a baby, Gina. I remember. You're like 17 or 18 something. What in the world mama even let you out of the house for? <laughs> Anyhow, they, they came as a couple, and then they heard the word of the Lord, and they split up. Now, I don't think they did in their hearts, but they did in every other way. And she focused on school, and Pastor Jamie focused on school for, what, like three years, was it? And I remember the day Pastor Jamie came to me after graduating college, got his job teaching, got a place to live, got him a car. He, he's ready to go. He comes and he says, uh, Pastor, I, I'm ready to, to take the next step and get married. And I'm thinking, to who? I forgot. <laughs> because when I say they walked it out righteously, they walked it out righteously. And I hardly ever saw them together ever. And so when Pastor Jamie came to me, I had forgotten that, oh, yeah, Gina was, they came here together. And it wasn't me that separated them. It was the word of the Lord that said, focus on what you need to focus on. So when the time came, boom, bang, six kids later. Let's go. <laughs> Thank God for doctors in the V Club. I mean, we have a lot of men that are part of the V Club here and uh, not opposed to it at all. Thank you, Jesus. Because Suzanne and I would have had 9 or 12, because we just looked at each other and she got pregnant. <laughs> Psalm 68, verse 4, this was quoted several times this morning already. Psalm 68, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Sing to God, sing praises to the name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yahweh, and rejoice before him. Why? Because he's a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation because God sets the solitary in families. Come on, I think we ought to give the Lord a praise for that. Many of us, many of you came in here, moved here from all over the country and all over the world. One time we counted and had about 45 nations of people represented in our church family here, meaning people born all different countries of the world. And God uprooted why would God do that? Because we don't understand the bigness of God. And, and we try to make things happen instead of allow uh, Father God to do what he wants to do. And, and some of us, it took a while. I got, Suzanne, I got the most precious text yesterday from our dear Miss Chris, um, who shared a reminder of her testimony with us that uh, 
36 years ago, uh, I walked into her um, mail store. We met, became friends every single Monday. I went to her store. I had to do my report and send it back to the Rock of Panama City to Apostle Ball. And Miss Chris and I would talk and share and encourage, preach to each other. And she was such a blessing. Here she is, this black woman that's taller than me, makes me feel like a little runt. She calls me little boy. <laughs> None of the rest of y'all can do that. <laughs> the Lord will rebuke you. But Miss Chris would affectionately call me. She said, you just look like a little boy. And one day we talked, and she said she was going to come visit the church. I said, no. You're not going to do that, Miss Chris. And she said, well, what you talking about? Why can't I come visit? All of a sudden, you know, I don't know what's going through her brain. Is she thinking I don't like black people or, you know, we don't want black people in our church or something? But, but I said, no, Miss Chris, you, you, you can't come visit because if you ever come to visit, you're never leaving. And we, we went on back and forth laughing like this for several years. And three years later, something happened that caused her to really pray and consider. And she had to leave where she was going and fellowshipping. And she left right, and, and she left because she needed to. And that church no longer exists. Because when we get outside of the will of God, and we get critical and we get judgmental, we get start talking about, we make other churches our enemy instead of Satan our enemy. We position ourselves to not be blessed of God. And so Miss Chris, one Sunday... Uh, came, and that was 33 years ago. Now, Miss Chris's hairdo changes by the seasons. <laughs> but, but she is still here looking mighty fine. Stand up, Miss Chris. Come on. Come on, Miss Chris. Stand up. She got her new hairdo right there. She's looking mighty fine. I love this woman. She has been a big sister to me. I know I'm her spiritual daddy. But she is my big sister, and uh, her and my sister Cheryl were the same age, and between the two on board, they could mama you. Wow. <laughs> there were times I would have to remind them both that I'm the pastor and they're not. <laughs> they're my sisters, but I am thankful for Miss Chris. I'm thankful for Miss Marianne that's sitting there beside her. I call them my salt and pepper couple, and uh, Miss Marianne has just been such a gift to our lives. Like, come on, somebody. I mean, she, she's here serving all the time. Serving all the time. I mean, you come here Monday through Friday, just about, you're going to see her here in the morning. She's serving. She's blessing. She's opening the door. She's helping the mission. She's, she's running her and little shrimp. Where's little shrimp? Is she here? Is little shrimp here this morning? She's not here. Little shrimp is Miss um, Brenda. See, I don't even know her name anymore because I've been calling her a little trip. But Miss, Miss Brenda and Miss Marianne every week go shopping at the Sam's for everybody that needs stuff. And uh, Miss, Miss Brenda, a little shrimp, I call her. She's about this big, maybe about that big. Anyhow, she, I call her little shrimp. She calls me big shrimp. <laughs> Respectfully, she calls me Pastor Big Shrimp. <laughs> but these are people that God set in our house. Many of you were set in this house. 
such an honor today to have my spiritual son, and he was here the very first uh, week we started the church. Uh, Pastor Savin and Katie Wilbekin from Lifesong Church. You guys stand up. We got to give it up for Lifesong Church. Woohoo! Pastor Savin, many of the young married couples know him as P7. He does not go by that anymore. No siree. He is Pastor Savin down at Lifesong. And we had coffee last week down in Tampa. And uh, I, I just appreciate that. Uh, the seasons that Savin and Katie and their three sons served here faithfully. And can I just say about their sons, Scotty, uh, Mitchell, and Andrew, all three of those young men are living for God, loving Jesus, honoring God with their lives. There, there was a time it was shaky, just like with many of your kids. But man, God got a hold of them, and the prayer of their parents did not fail. Don't ever stop praying for your kids, family. Come on, somebody. That's a testimony of God's righteousness. Their oldest son, Scotty, and Maria live in Istanbul, Turkey. Is that right? And plays professional basketball over there. He's the Stefan Curry of Eastern Europe and uh, an amazing ball player. I love to watch some of the videos and how they pronounce his name every time he hits a three, which is a lot. I don't know why he didn't do that when he played at the Rock School. Justin, I don't know why we couldn't get that boy to shoot. He just wanted to pass. Got to Florida and just passed. When, when I'd be sitting up there in the stands with his dad, and we'd be shouting, shoot! <laughs> and he had passed. But now, if he walks in the gym, he's open and he's shooting. I mean, he is just doing it. But the beauty is not that he can make baskets in, in Europe. The beauty is that him and Maria are living for God as a total righteous testimony to the faithfulness of God. i got to look at the clock because I, I haven't even got to the second part, have I? All right, there's so many of you I could just talk about. Your, your testimonies are amazing, and God's faithfulness over your life uh, is amazing. Nick, can I just tell a little bit of your story? I'm, I'm not looking at you because I'm going to do it anyhow. You can rebuke me later, but... Nick and Nita came into our house years ago, um, just been married. Is that right? Y'all just got married. And they were heading overseas. They were going to go uh, serve God around the world somewhere. And uh, I sat down with them, gave them some counsel. And when I looked at their situation, I was like, y'all can go on the mission field one day. It's just not this day. Because they had a stack of student debt, right? And I just submitted that the wisdom was, you guys need to get plugged in, get jobs, get out of debt. So that if God really wants you to live overseas somewhere and he tells you to go, you're not going to have to say, well, wait a minute, God. i got to clear up this $80,000 of student debt or i got to get rid of these credit card debts before I can do what God's called, you to, called us to do. So they heard it. They obeyed it. And, man, they just got in and started working, worked their way out of debt, paid all their college debts off, and began to have children. Bam, bam, they just outran Jamie. They were just bam, <laughs> bam. They got lots of kids. And they're faithful. Nick plays on the worship band, and, and Nita, they're just a faithful couple. And uh, recently, Nick lost his job. And the minute he told me, I had such a peace. I said, Nick, God's got something better for you. He's got something better for you. Well, he texted me this week, and he reminded me that the company that let him go gave him a big severance package, so they've been living off that, not even having to worry about, oh, what are we going to do? God was taking care of him. And then he got a new job. He starts tomorrow. But listen to this. They give him a sign-in bonus and a raise. Come on, somebody. God 
looks out after his faithful children. So what do we want to do? Position ourselves faithfully in obedience to what God has and never forget that so that Nick and Nita will teach their uh, tribe of children all the things that they walk through, preparing them for their future. Amen? We cannot forget that we are called to teach our children and our children's children the things of God. All right, number two is living in the now. How many of you know that you're living here right day, today? This is your day. This is our generation. This is our time. This is our season. We're not an accident. We're not a mistake. We weren't meant to live in some other generation. God created us for such a time as this. And right here, right now, we have something to do and accomplish. And so we have to embrace the now. We have to embrace the day that we're living. You say, hey, but Pastor, right now I'm going through this battle, and I'm going through this physical battle, I'm going through this spiritual battle, I'm going through this marital battle. That's all a part of it because the key word is I'm going through it. Come on, somebody. I'm walking through this problem. I'm walking through this situation, but I'm living in the now. I'm living today. Y'all don't worry about the youth that are getting up. They're going to get ready to lead us in a moment. So there's just so many of them. They're a distraction. So y'all hurry up out of here. Micah, roll them, buddy. Go ahead, girls. Here we go. I'm not saying anything about Pastor Jamie. He's, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> but we are called to live in the now. Psalm 118, verse 21 through 24. Listen to this. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. Come on, somebody. This is God's doing. You're here. It's God's doing. This is your time. This is your opportunity. That's why we got, we got to know where we've been planted. If the Rock of Gainesville is your home, you need to be planted deep. You need to put the roots down deep. If we're not your home... We bless you to go find it. Find it. Find the pastor. Find the church. Find the family that you're supposed to be in. And then get in and be faithful. Be faithful in service. Be faithful in prayer. Be faithful in worship. Be faithful with your tithe. That means 10 cents of every dollar that God ever blesses you with, you owe to him. Not because he needs your 10 cents, but he needs you to know what's really in your heart. Do you trust God or not? That's all a tithe is. It's all about, do I trust God? And some folks think, you know, well, if I just get a whole lot, I give the church 10%. Well, one, the church is not where you give it. Say, so it's not? No, you give it to God through his church. And it's the only way you can pay your tithe is to pay it to the house of God. But you're paying it to God. My tithe goes to God. When Suzanne and I write our checks and we send it, we don't even write checks anymore. Come on. How many of y'all do not write checks anymore? You pay tithe online. Come on. Let me see. There's like 80% of us. What a day we're living in, huh? Man, you just think about wanting to, wanting to give something to God. You ain't got to wait till Sunday. You just, you just bam, bam, bang, knock it out. It's gone. And you declare it blessed. You give your offerings. You serve in the body of Christ. None of us were brought into the Rock of Gainesville to plant your little fannies on a chair and do nothing but get, get, get. Come on now, I'm, I'm being daddy now. You created to serve. 
Some of you look all sourpussed and unhappy most Sundays, and can I tell you, it's because it's all about you. And if you'd start serving, man, somebody's going to put a smile on your face. You're going to look at somebody and just bust out laughing. You're going to look at somebody and go, I'm running from this person. They'll run you down. You start serving and blessing and giving, man, it comes back a hundredfold. Right, right now, uh, Suzanne and I are having for the next 12 weeks to be out of town because I'm undergoing a new treatment uh, down in central Florida. So I have to leave on Sunday night, drive down south, and then I'm in treatment Monday through Thursday. And uh, the day I walked in there two weeks ago, and immediately began to meet people. I was like, okay, God, this is another new field of harvest. Right. Another opportunity, man. There's some sick people in here. There's some sad people in here. I'm back in the back getting an infusion, and there's a bunch of chairs, and there's one girl back there, one little nurse. Oh, my gosh, she just blesses me. When I was walking down the hall the very first time, I heard this giggling and laughing and snorting, Melissa. I was like, who let Melissa down here? <laughs> this girl, and she was my nurse that day. And she's telling me a story, and she's laughing while she's putting a, a needle, big needle. She had a little bit of pinch, she said here, as she's laughing. Her laughter helped me to forget the pinch. And the whole time, I mean, she's going from patient to patient. And I mean, they're just having a party back there. And the next day when I was there, I said, Rebecca. You laugh all the time? She said, well, Pastor George, I don't think I laugh when I sleep. <laughs> and then she burst out laughing again. Can I tell you, some of you need to find somebody to make you laugh. Because some of you just too sucking lemons. I suck lemons for Jesus. No, no, don't suck lemons unless you're going to make it lemonade with some Truvia or Stevia. In it, not sugar. Just throwing that out there. But hear me, where has God placed you? Live in the now, right here and right now, and walk in that blessing. You see, one of the strong principles found in God's Word is the word honor. A while ago, that's what Suzanne and I were wanting to do. We were wanting to honor our family, our staff our pastors, wanting to honor you as a church family, to say thank you for your faithfulness. First to God. You're loyal to God. Our relationship can be loyal when we learn how to be loyal here. Then it's easier to be loyal here. When I love God and I look around and see all these people that God's added to my life, it's not hard to want to honor them and bless them and say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for being a worshiper. Thank you for being a giver to missions. Thank you for being a short-term missionary. Every once in a while, you want to go on a trip. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for serving our children, Pastor Ed and Karen. Thank you. Give it up for Pastor Ed and Karen for serving. For, for 35 years. Think about it. Pastor Ed and Karen have been back there leading our children's ministry, serving, faithful. Heather Quarles, our preschool director. Heather, stand up. 
Where is she? There she is. Stand up. Man, what a job. You could not pay me enough to do what Heather does. But she does it with a smile, gladness of heart, sometimes frustrated. Sometimes it's a frustrated smile. But you know what I love about what I know about Heather? Is she knows who in this house when when it just looks like we're, we're not going to have enough teachers to take care of all these incredible babies, Heather knows, and you know because she calls you or texts you or emails you, she knows you will step up because she knows that you know that church isn't just about putting your butt in a chair and receiving, but it's about giving. And so, Heather, thank you very much. You're an amazing, amazing preschool director. I'm not saying any of that to, as a judgment. I'm saying it as an encouragement. Everybody in this house, hear me, there's a place for you to serve in the house. Not just out there, because I know you do out there. But there is an opportunity every once in a while, we can just go through seasons where we serve here for a little while, and then we take a break from that, we go serve over here for a little while, and then we take a break from that, we go serve over here, and we're faithful. And can I tell you, the people that are up on this stage leading worship who work and practice and practice their instruments and do all this stuff, they are no more important in this body than the person back there taking care of our little one-year-old babies. All you mamas and daddies know, I love your baby sugar. I mean, it's just... It's just not a better Sunday than when one of these mamas that's just had a baby in the last six months or so comes up and just hands that baby to pastor because they know pastor wants some of that cheek sugar because I can't have the white sugar anymore, so some cheek sugar. There's something precious about these babies, and they're back there in those classes so adults can sit in here and receive and grow and learn and not be distracted. Come on, somebody, by a crying baby. I love crying babies because it's life. I just like them crying out there. Amen? Don't be looking at me with those eyes of judgment because you're the same. You know why I know? Because if a crying baby's right back over here and I'm trying to preach over there, all the eyes are over here. Like, that baby can't cry without y'all's help. <laughs> so we get them out, and we have somebody to serve and bless. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10 says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast. Say hold fast. Hold fast to what is good. Grab hold of it. Hang on to it. Don't let it go. Love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Amen? So we outdo by showing honor, by giving and growing and walking in that which God has for us to do. I want to do one last thing before I do point three, and I know I'm already over, but it's okay. It took me 36 years to get here. I can take 10 extra minutes. Amen? I want you all in this room to take a moment. I want you to look around at those right around you, Look around, look around, then look further around, maybe across the aisle, look at the people that you do life with. Look at some of these people that make you happy, make you smile. They, they bring, they bring um, 
They bring a sense of, of value into your life. I want to encourage you to do something for a moment. Today, sometime today, before the sun sets, I want you, after you've looked all around, I want you just, you just, just one. If you want to do five, that's fine. If you want to do ten, that's fine too. If you want to do one plus, do it to me, I'll receive it. But this is what I want you to do. Take a moment sometime today, make a phone call or write a card or send a text to somebody in this room and just say, I want you to know how much you bless me. Just honor somebody. Imagine that. If everybody in this place honored somebody because they bring value to your life. Josh and Mary Ellen Chapeau moved back here last year. Josh, as you know, is the son of Fabian and Andrea Chapeau, some of my dearest spiritual kids. Grew up in this house. I had a chance to marry them. I dedicated Josh. I was there when Josh graduated from the University of Florida and got, got his uh, first lieutenant, or second lieutenant, second lieutenant bar pinned on at the Air Force ROTC graduation by the general. And I was so proud of Joshua. I mean, just, just his faithfulness and servant. And then he meets Mary Ellen, school teacher. It was after you were in the Air Force that y'all met? Oh, that's right. Y'all worked at Publix. Come on, somebody. There is something at Publix that you can get. Wow. Captain Joshua Chapeau and teacher Mary Ellen met at Publix. Worked together. Got married. Went off. And Josh took an early retirement after what? Like 10 years? I mean, 10 years in the Air Force and moved back here. And they, they just, they're family. Mary Ellen won't leave church without coming down here and hugging on Pastor Susanna every single week. Just Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our Sometimes church, visit therockonline.org. Really make a difference. There's somebody in this room that might need a quick hug from you today. So when we leave in a little bit, it's okay. I don't care what they say about COVID coming back. It's a lie from... Just be careful. It's like having the flu. Get over it. Get well. Move on. But don't stop living. Don't, stop, don't start isolating yourself. Don't put on a dirty snot rag over your face. I don't care what they tell us. We are past that. Amen. Don't get me preaching about politics. But we're, but we're past that. We serve a God that's bigger and better and greater and awesome. So use wisdom, obviously. If you're sick, please don't come hug me. Hug me from a distance. Use wisdom, no doubt. But let's not live in fear. Amen? We got a job to do. We got a world to touch. We got people that are lost, that desperately need the church to rise up out of here by 12 noon and get back out there in the world. We've been going to a restaurant recently. I'm not going to tell you where because we add any more people to it. I'll never get served, but we've been going with some of our kids and their friends. Friends of friends are, are awesome. Friends of your kids. Friends of your kids. Kids. The friends of your kids. Yeah, they, they become our friends. Well, they're our kids, but they're, they're friends. But anyhow, last week, 
uh, Suzanne and I, we weren't going to go with everybody. We were just going to head home. And, and so we started thinking about this new diet I'm on, and there's nothing in the house. So I said, honey, let's just go back over here. So when we walked in, the, the waitress was looking at her watch, and she said, now, we already got online to check out what time The Rock gets out. Why are y'all late today? <laughs> and sure enough, within a few minutes, there's like 30 that come in, and they're waiting. And some of them, they don't even have to order. They just walk up and get their credit card because they've been ordering so long, these people know them. You make an impact on someone's life without even knowing it. Be faithful. Keep your kids in order when you're in a restaurant like that. Don't let them run wild. It's a restaurant. Treat them. Teach them. Train them. And then bless the socks off of your waitresses and waiters. All the waiters and waitresses in the house miss a good opportunity to say amen. Because it's believers, we take care. Amen? Whew. Don't get me going. Number three, got to wrap up. Number three, seeing the vision for our future. Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me. He said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within, within him. But the righteous shall live by faith. Some of you have been walking out and following a vision, and your question is, God, when's it going to come to pass? When's it going to happen? When are you going to bring me that husband? Or when are you going to bring me that wife? Or when, when am I going to get this situation that's been in my heart for so long? And you're waiting. Keep it in front of you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Wait on the Lord. Walk out faithfully every day. There's so much a part of the vision of our day that has to do with not something ooh, super spiritual out there. But living out the vision and purpose of God is, husbands, take care of your families. Amen? Dads, be the dad. Be the father you're called to be. Teach and train. Don't let some soccer coach talk you out of talk you into getting your kids out of church every weekend because they're the best 10-year-old soccer player that's ever been on the face of the earth. We're big in basketball here, so listen, don't let some coach talk you into missing church three out of four weekends a month because your son's going to be an NBA superstar. The odds of that are one in a trillion. The odds... And better is being faithful where God has you. And if that is the plan that God has for your child, it'll happen without you missing church because some AAU coach has talked you in thinking they need to be there. They don't. They need to be in the house of God on a weekly basis. And it needs to be a rarity when they're ever playing ball at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I never allowed it. Just didn't happen in my home. When that coach came and told me, man, Luke's got, whoo, Luke is a soccer player. That Luke, wow, he is a soccer player. That's great. He can play soccer Monday through Saturday. We're not traveling. That AU coach came and said, man, that son of yours, Andrew, he is a baller. He can pass the ball. He can, he can dribble the ball. 
He can shoot the rock. He, I mean, they just give you all this. Woo, my son, my son, my son. That coach will lead you to hell. You got to learn to trust God. I gave in one time for Andrew to go on a trip with the AAU team. He didn't miss Sundays. His little team out in Alachua, he's the only white boy on the team. Man, he was white. And all those kids and him, they got along, they were great. They played together. And then their team won the state. Woo! They're going to nationals in Michigan. So, man, we all packed up. Mom and I, Uncle Bob and Aunt Cheryl, <laughs> we packed up, didn't we, Andrew? We got on the plane. Half these folks on his team never been on a plane before. Talking about, man, they were doing the rosary. They're praying. They're asking God not to die today. You know, I'm walking around telling them, it's going to be okay. I'm on this plane. You're good. <laughs> we, we got up to, where did we go, Andrew? Detroit? Detroit, Michigan. We got in this gym, and it was like, what, 14 and under or 16 and under? We got in this gym, and, and they started introducing all the teams in every play. And I'm, I got the brochure, and I'm going down. And these kids are all under 16 years of age. Man, they're 6'11", they're 7-footers, they're 6'10". I mean, down there where Andrew lived in the 5'10", 5'11", Mark, man, there weren't many down there. These are kids from all over the country, the best of the best. And our, our team's going to play the best of the best. And I think they went 0-6. <laughs> I don't think we won a game. We were there. We got through. We came home. And I said, bye-bye to AAU. Because God had something better. And he always does. So what vision do you have for your wife, for your husband, for your family, for your children? I have a vision for my grandkids. Man, I want to see every one of my grandkids walk for God, serve the purpose of God, dance on this stage, lead worship on this stage, preach on this stage, be a businessman, be a business owner, be a doctor, be a lawyer. I don't care what they are as long as they serve Jesus Christ with their whole hearts. You got to have a vision. And one last scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 through 21. I'm going to just read verse 17. It says, in the last days, it shall be. Say that out loud. It shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on how much flesh? On all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I am so thankful that I am still in the young man category because I still have vision and I'm not yet dreaming dreams. So therefore, I got some time. God's got a plan for my life. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your children's life. Get a vision for your future. What do you want to do as a husband and wife? Not just short term, long term. What do you, what, what do you want to look back on 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, 36 years from now? What do you want to turn around and look and say, wow, look what God has done in our lives because we committed this to the Lord Jesus Christ. Get a vision that's bigger than you so that when it comes to pass, you cannot pat yourself on the back. 
Because without God, hear me, Suzanne and I do not ever forget where we came from. And we do not forget that we own nothing in this city. Today, we own 170 acres of land, 100,000 plus square foot of buildings, a school with 600 plus students in it, a staff of 105 people. But that's not because of us. It's because that was God's plan, and all of us get to be a part of it and do what we've been called to do faithfully. And we couldn't do it without you. We can't do it without you. As Pastor Jamie said, I say it all the time, this is not my house. I'm just a steward and a shepherd that God has sovereignly graced me to be. And I love it. I love being your pastor. I love praying over you. I love looking at the contribution report and blessing you and asking God's blessing to be rich on your life and rich on your business. I love to see God pour out blessing that's beyond even your imagination or thinking that God would do this. Man, Sherman and Christine, Sherman shared on the video. I mean, I remember meeting Sherman when him and Andrew played basketball at Southeastern College together, now Southeastern University. But they played ball. And I was always drawn to Sherm. His smile and little Christina, they weren't married. She's always sitting on the front row. Woo, Sherm! Woo, Sherm! <laughs> Every once in a while, she would cheer for Andrew. But she was always there, and I met him. And, and, and when I knew they were graduating, and I, I think Andrew and I had a conversation, and, and, and I probably said, Andrew, just tell Sherman he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Come to Gainesville. See, sometimes God will use come to as a place of foundation. And Sherman and Christine, newly married one day, moved to Gainesville. So many of you began to love them. This short little black guy. Makes me feel so tall being around Sherman. I got you by a quarter of an inch. It's because of my hair. Oh, dude, you got to grow some hair if you want to be as tall as me. And that beautiful... Latin Christine. And y'all loved them and made them family. So many in this place were made family. Hear me, don't grow weary in well-doing. Those of you that have been around a long time, don't forget the time when you were the new person, but now God has you here to be the older person. Worship team, you guys come on out here. Because if you don't, I won't stop. Let us finish strong. Amen. Give it up to these guys as they come. They're going to lead us in a great song in just a moment. Man, look at all these guys on keyboards, guitars, drums, microphones. I have a vision for these kids. And they're walking in it. They're growing in it. They're going to be faithful, just like all the rest of these young people that stood a little bit ago. God has a purpose. Hear me, and I'm closing. This is my closing. This is it. I'm really closing with this. God has a purpose, a plan, a future, and a hope for every one of us in this room. Those of you that are part of our church family watching online today, hear me. You're a part of this. God has a plan for us. If we will not grow weary in well-doing, he's going to use us in ways that we're going to scratch our head and go, wow, look what the Lord has done. 
Look what the Lord has done. He is faithful and true and good. Would you stand with me? I want to pray over you. And then this amazing group of young people are going to lead us in a song of worship. Father, I bless this amazing house today, these people, this family that have endured me today as I've gone over the clock. But Father, I am thankful today that we can look to our past and say, look what the Lord has done. That we can look at the now and go, God is faithful right here, right now to help me to be and to do and to walk out all that he has for me. And Father, that we can look to our future knowing that you're the one that has set our future out in front of us. You have a purpose. You have a plan for each of our lives. No matter how young or old we are in this place, you have a plan for us. And today I just stretch my hand over this house and I speak that, that we will grab hold of it, we will hang on to it, we will walk in it, we will live it out, we will fulfill in our lifetime the purpose that you have for us so that at the end we will be able to say, it is finished. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. Now my life is in God's hands. Lord, I thank you for that. Declare your blessing over this people today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said a big amen. And then let's give the Lord a praise as this worship team kicks it in. All right, all right, all right. Check, check, check. Is this thing on? Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right.